Welcome to the Life in Lawn Care podcast, where your host, Jesse James, interviews industry leaders all the way down to the new business startups, also sharing stories of his own to help you with information, inspiration, all to motivate you with your life in lawn care. Now, let's get into the show. Here is Jesse James. Hey everybody, welcome back to Life in Lawn Care Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse J. Today's show, real quick, today's show is sponsored and brought to you by QuickBooks. QuickBooks is a CRM that I use it in my business. Uh, I, it, it's with uh, Intruit and uh, for people who file their taxes uh, online and do it that way, it's it's it helps me out whether it's online invoices, uh creating estimates, everything, profit, loss, it's just super convenient for your, for your, uh, for your, for your small business. And if you want to save 55% off of your first three months, hit this link in the show notes below. Hey, today's, uh, today's podcast going to be, uh, talking to a friend that I met at, um, Brian's event. It's, uh, Colton from uh, BPM lawn care, lawn maintenance. How you, how you doing my friend? I'm doing good, man. I'm yeah. doing good. I'm, oh, I'm no. glad I got glad I got you on the show. Uh, like I said, we we, we just want to reach out to everybody because it's uh, a lot of times you look around on on the Instagrams and look around on everywhere else. It's always like it seems like everybody just has like the big name YouTubers and everybody, and everybody seems to forget about guys like us who's just uh, who's out here hustling, who's out here grinding, who's out here making it work. So, what's your story, man? What, what what's going on with you? Um, I mean, my story. Um it's my story obviously but right. uh, like um as far as for me uh and, and i've heard this kind of uh trickle throughout the rest of the community is that you kind of got a couple different classifications it seems like as far as uh how, how guys are starting out in this industry and some of the two most common ones that i hear most often call it uh you know like selective hearing or whatever but maybe you could attest to this as well which is you got you know your young guys um i'll give you an example at the event there uh cory cory was talking about how he started mowing lawns at uh 14 and oh, and yeah. grew up from there right right and then the the other half of the coin is the guys who are maybe working a job um kind of have had that you know entrepreneur itch for a while just didn't really know which way to steer the bow uh and eventually found themselves in a position to where they wanted to start a lawn and landscape business and here it is they've got uh more uh i guess responsibilities in life whether it be a home a wife kids uh and, and that was pretty much my my story that was where i came from i didn't I wasn't mowing lawns when I was 14. I kind of got, I'm not going to say entirely, and I don't want to offend anybody when I say this, but kind of sucked into that whole just mainstream sort of what to do with your life out of high school sort of deal. And right. uh, I, I was never the one for, for college at all. Yeah, me neither, and man. Me neither. I don't know about you, but I, I, I kind of – myself felt like a uh an exile growing up <laughs> yeah <laughs> just no, because I, I was 
I totally I relate to what you're saying because it felt like I was always like the sixth man. I was I was always average to mediocre at best at, at, at different things. I was never I never truly excelled at stuff, so I always felt like an outcast. I, and uh, yeah, I know I was you're never like searching for something. Yeah, I was always, always searching ex- for something. Exactly, and I and I too I to- definitely relate to what you're saying. I wasn't out mowing grass like mowing grass for me was a chore. Um, my dad kind of mowed some yards onto the side whenever. Uh, you know, but it what he never had a legitimate business. He mowed like he mowed like a church and a couple other places. But yeah, it was a uh, chore for me. So like it was two years ago at this time. I didn't even know how to ride a zero turn. So like I know exactly what you're saying. Right. I just had like my epiphany moment was like I was kind of I didn't really have like a, a entrepreneurial spirit or anything. It's just I had an epiphany wor- working with another guy, realizing you can make a hundred dollars a day mowing grass. And I thought, well, that's better than making twenty bucks an hour if you multiply it up, you know. <laughs> but I didn't factor yeah. in taxes and stuff till I started to learn about business and learn about other things. So that's kind of like I, I. So I know exactly where you're going from. How long you been in business then? Uh, me and my wife. I basically, we've been putting the business together for about two and a half to three years. Oh, wow. You, Dude, for two and a half, three years, you're looking really well, that good. Was just, that was just putting it together. Like this year was our first year actually in business. Oh, so okay. the, the rubber, the rubber didn't meet the road until this year. Everything before that was just building the ship. That is bro. I see what you're saying. So you, yeah, you're doing it the way that I've talked about on, uh, on my YouTube channel. And I've briefly mentioned it on this podcast where, um, you take the time and build it up before, before you make that actual initial jump. Oh, this is awesome. This is going to be okay. So you're kind of like the first person I've, I've met that's done it this way. How, at what point did you decide that you wanted to start a business and like are about two years ago, obviously you decided you want to start, you and your wife decided you want to start a business. And what, what made you make that move and build it up slowly before you made the jump? Uh, well, a, a lot of things. And I'm going to, I like, I want to be totally transparent with everybody because like, it's the only way to learn is through transparency and honesty. True. Uh, so, Basically, what I'm getting at is if it wasn't for the tools that are available for free, I might add, online, I I don't know where I'd be right now. I I guess, I mean, somebody that I've always, I'm 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 going to like bring, I'm going to bring in a story and tie it into what what I want to say, which is. Go ahead, go ahead. Growing up, my my father was uh, my inspiration. I was uh, I was an only child, and I really looked up to my father a lot. And uh, he was uh, a small business owner himself. He uh, subcontracted doing uh, kitchen uh, remodeling and kitchen installs. And uh, my family's background has some Polish, some Italian. Now that doesn't really matter in terms of strictness. You can get uh, a family of any any background that's strict. But right. long story short, my my uh, father's side of the family and my mother's side uh, were both pretty regimented, very strict families. Uh, okay. My father had uh, I, he had two other brothers and two sisters, so uh, family of five. Um, growing up in the uh, late 60s and early 70s and throughout his life 
between him and his brothers, because this is kind of even across the board for him and his brothers, which is they're all pretty, I, I would say, logical thinkers, very like one plus one equals two kind of thinkers. If okay. that, you, so that kind of trickled down the line to me, of course. Uh, being the only child, uh, I had a lot of influence from my parents and not so much other kids. So a lot of people have told me that I kind of grew up quicker than most, if you will. And I I didn't really know what to think of that at the time because I didn't like when you're you, you don't know what like your appearance is to the outside world because you're only in control and aware of what goes on inside your head and what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. So I, I guess with that sort of thinking in mind when we decided that we wanted to start this business we kind of had somewhat of a foundation there already to be like hey this probably isn't going to be smart if we just go ahead and blow a bunch of money get in extreme amounts of debt just to start this business it's you know let's you know put our heads down keep working uh seeing what we can do on the side you know to make extra money and start to slowly and surely fund the business and like the stuff that came into thought was well what are we going to do for a truck what are we going to do for a trailer what like if i want to support a family one of the biggest things that i had to consider was i have to be able to afford a setup that is going to allow myself to grow into because as a husband and a father of two I, I didn't really see a like a, a good a good outcome from having something like a, a smaller mid-sized truck and a 6x12 trailer from Tractor Supply right. that I felt like that was going to put me in a limiting position rather than a growth position that's true so I was and like alright yeah, and because of that, though, I I kind of had to mentally prepare myself for taking on maybe a little bit more debt just so that I could get into a setup that I was going to be able to grow into. Um, so that was like the basic ideology or the basic principles behind how we started to piece this thing together. And, you know, slowly but surely, we had the trimmers, and then we had the truck, and then we had the trailer, and then it was time to put the racks on and all in the background you're working on you know what are you doing for advertising what are you doing you got to get a logo together okay we got to get business cards and uh we got to get the name out we i I wanted to start plugging myself into the industry getting uh getting on the instagram and meeting people and going to the gie and now the lal it's just like slowly but surely the snowball is building you know what i mean um yeah, I know. I I I can definitely see the uh re- the you're reaping the reward of it. You got a you your awesome looking truck and your Instagram is your Instagram is great. What kind of market do you come in? Are you coming from? Like, uh, is it rural? Is it is it city? Is uh, what's the average household media income like in your area? Um, my market is it's a it's a suburban market. So where I am in New York state is, uh, in between the city of Buffalo and Rochester, more towards Rochester. So 
I'm a little bit closer to Lake Ontario, which uh, I, where I live is considered upstate or western New York. And so I'm about, I'm going to say, 35 to 40 minutes to the west of Rochester, roughly. Right. And so you kind of get this mixture of depending on how far out you go, you're going to have some country land. But where I focus my services and my market is closer to the city because it's got tighter routes, obviously. Right. Um, and with that being said, the I'm going to say the home values that I'm targeting are somewhere between the range of 250000 up to a million or okay. more. Now, when you were... Um, we, could you, so yeah. was you a factory worker or what'd you do prior to uh, wanting to start your business? I did a lot of things. Okay. <laughs> um, so a little bit of, yeah, okay. I, a little, a bit, little of bit of everything. Yeah. Okay. There wasn't really one set thing. Uh, the one thing that I did dedicate the most time to in my life, uh, and it's something that I'm still very passionate about that I love to do. Uh, on the side and as a hobby is uh, motorcycle riding. I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so what was your what like? What was your because re- I love your story and how and how you took your time to prepare and and the target that you're going after. You're in the perfect. Uh, you're in you're in the perfect market and like I said, you're in the perfect market. You got the perfect uh, size uh, resident residentials you're going after. But yeah, what was your reasoning for? Um, I, you said you did a bunch of different things, and 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 that's cool. But uh, what was your reasoning for wanting to get into lawn and landscape? Well, like I said, my father was uh, a business owner himself, right. and gro- growing up in that atmosphere, I like I, I never. One of the reasons I felt as though I never fit into, you know, the traditional schooling was because I saw what my dad was doing, and he kind of okay. taught me to. Uh, work with my hands and where we lived uh, we also did a lot of hunting so I've grown up with a huge love and a passion for the outdoors and then you know again only child so I had a lot of responsibilities around the household to keep things moving at the house and one of those tasks was to mow the lawn take up the sticks take care of the leaves (laughs) I see where you're going yeah so, and my dad did a pretty good job at supplying uh, some some decent tools. As time went on, like things started to slowly upgrade, uh, you know, went from the push mower to the lawn tractor. And then there's, uh, there's lawn tractors that have uh, leaf vacuum systems where you can basically get like a tow behind box yep. and it's got the leaves back and it'll pile all of your leaves and your clippings back there. So. That, that was what I did at the house. We ha- I had five acres to mow. So it was like every every week I was going out cutting grass for four to six hours. Okay. Um, just at our own place uh, with the 42-inch the John Deere. Yeah, I see exactly. And, um, I see what you're saying. So you fell in love. You fell in love with the green industry as starting out as chores, and then you already had an entrepreneurial mindset. So you knew this is something that I know I can. I know I can make good money at it if I do it right. So that's when you. That's why you decided to build it slow and and do it the right way. Yeah, and and most importantly, some of the biggest lessons that I learned, I think, through that whole entire process 
was more than just the money. It was focus on happiness and relationships. Because if you're not happy in the business, no amount of money is going to change your happiness. I I definitely agree. The reason why I started my business was enabled to to be able to provide my child with things that I never had was with a a, a parent who is you know a, a two per a, a husband and a wife that's there for the child all the time to go to the games to be able to sit down and do schoolwork be able to have exactly. the financial freedom to buy him the things that he wanted the stuff that I never had that people overlook so I know exactly so happiness is definitely so you and you, you and your wife decided to sit down how what she th- say whenever you decided to say hey we got a two three year plan are you on board with me like when you broke the idea of wanting to get into the green industry, was she totally on board right away or did you kind of have to sell her on the business at first? No, she, she wasn't totally on board right away. It definitely took her some time to uh, see things a little bit more thoroughly. And something that I've really been trying to do, um, you know, my part as a husband is trying to encourage her to do the things that she wants to do in life. And, Um, it was, you know, maybe as weird as this sounds, but it was honestly a huge accomplishment for me to finally be able to bring her to an event for the first time this year, which was Entrepreneur Academy. Right. Um, And I was extremely blessed and happy to have her with me because last year it was not like that. Last year I slept out of the back of our car just to go to the GIE. Um, I, and like, it was just last year it was, we were focusing the majority of our investments into the areas where we needed, like I knew needed the most attention, but at the same time, be able to go to these events and how can I do it as cheap as possible? (laughs) You know what I mean? No, hey. You said you slept out of the back of your car at the GIEA. Last year, I shit you not, I swear to God, uh, I made a video about it. Me and Kayla, my wife, we slept in the back of our Jeep during the GIE last year. And yeah. we couldn't afford a hotel room at the time. Obviously, the business was too small. And she wanted to go. I didn't want to take her. and But she insisted because I was sleeping in the Jeep regardless. And we right. made like a little camping trip out of it. We we uh, parked at it. We parked in a parking garage, and we took a cab everywhere we needed to go. We went for the de- we stayed up there for three days. For two days, we went to Planet Fitness and we showered and and uh, went up to Planet Fitness. It was about ten minutes away. <laughs> hey. I did the same thing at the Y. Yeah, the see, YMCA. dude, you're the only yeah. other person I know who like. You got to be hungry and crazy to want to do that. And I did the same thing. I thought I was the only person out there that did that. So that's, that's, that is awesome. I did not know that. I threw an air mattress in the back of our Equinox and folded the seats down, made it, you know, my own little, like my crib. (laughs) Um, and yeah, it was like, I, I want to say I got, Louisville sometime around like mm, two o'clock in the morning. I remember it was like torrential downpour. And Mm. so the inside of the car was like, you know, (laughs) humid and like condensating. And and you're trying to sleep in that. I think I slept maybe like three or four hours, boom, up to the Y, had to sign up for a a short, like, three-day membership or whatever just to get a free shower. Yeah. (laughs) I was 
I was not missing it for the life of me. I'm like, I am going. I, but, I love yeah, it. And we, we got sidetracked. We were talking, about, you, you asked me about my wife, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so anyways, um, something that really made me smile after going to the academy this year was that, you know, my wife had been telling me throughout the process over the last, you know, couple of years that she's slowly starting to see things. But okay. some, I, I, I personally feel like something kind of spoke to her or changed at, at the event. Because oh, that's awesome. she's been a she's been a she's been a different person. She's been talking differently. She's been thinking differently. And like she's literally no joke said to me yesterday how she's like really starting to see things from a much different picture. Hey, uh, that's uh, awesome. About life, about finances, about like people and human behavior. She made a comment about how, like the atmosphere that she felt. Uh, at at work and how it's like she's starting to see more of that employee mindset, employee atmosphere start to like, you know, hold some weight. And, she, and I'm like, that's awesome. And, and she, she's actively now trying to pursue her own small business that she wants to do. Really? And I'm like, that's awesome. I'm like, do it, do it. Like, I think she brought that up a couple weeks ago, even before the Academy, but now after the Academy, like in all of her spare time, that's what she's doing. And it's for me, I felt like, you know, obviously neither of us are a finished product, but it was just kind of like a, a proud husband moment where I felt like I helped um, encourage her and support her and her dreams. And um, it, it's important that that we do that for our wives, um, I, because I totally understand. they they look up to us a lot, and to to be able to help someone, especially your significant other, um, it, it's just a happiness that uh, I don't know how to describe. Oh, oh, I I definitely yeah, that's awesome that you took her to the event and she's able to start seeing the mindset that that you're developing and you're growing into as a, as a as a young business owner and learning the business and and being in a room full of like-minded individuals who share the same amount of passion who share the similar goals and dreams it's able to actually put her she's able to take a step back from only seeing you and seeing a room full of people people who are exactly. very successful man that's awesome i think uh i think i'm actually going to start taking a my wife more of the um the seminars the gie is fun and stuff but i went for the networking for my digital media company more or less yeah and i didn't really necessarily go for like the equipment stuff it's just kind of out of my price range i knew i wouldn't be able to you know whatever but like yeah you buy what you can afford at the time I yeah mean, the gie is great but um i mean really i think a lot of us guys are there just simply to hang out kind of like a homecoming hang out yeah yeah and and that's exactly and that's exactly right I, next year excuse me next year i think i am going to take uh kayla to to the event because i actually seen where we were doing that podcast on the lawn, uh, lawn care community podcast with mike gunn you sat down with this and your wife was sitting back with back you know, we've seen her sitting off to the back behind, and it was just uh, really cool to see you guys doing your thing, and uh, I, I really liked it. It's, it's been sitting with me like, man, I need to start taking Kayla um, to these uh, to these events. Um, and one thing I, I – Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing I, I, uh, 
I've been thinking about a lot here lately, and uh, maybe you can uh, jive with it a little bit. Is like you got to be kind of crazy to start in this kind of business. Now, when I say crazy, it's like you, like the easy thing to do is to go get a twenty dollar an hour job, either at a factory doing textiles or assembly or something. I don't know, just a twenty 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 five dollar an hour job somewhere. Collect a paycheck. You're only you're there. You're thinking about something else. You don't really care. Whatever you're getting a paycheck. You're punching a time clock. But you got to be crazy to give that up to pursue something that statistically most businesses fail you know statistically if you don't have a uh, high capital or or a good amount of capital or, any, or kind of like any kind of investors or someone really supporting you or teaching you along the way you're gonna fail so have you ever thought that way too is like i'm not gonna like you gotta like i think you have it too and i have it and a lot of other people do but you get you have that crazy mindset of like there's no way that i'm gonna fail i got too much riding on it i got a family that relies on me to feed them i got like i got all these goals and ambitions and i know the formula when we get to when we get around like-minded individuals that's where we're like it helps feed the formula helps keep us going and gives us that motivation have the you ever thought that maybe we got like some sort of there's something wrong with us that like we're kind of crazy in a way you ever thought that um well i mean a few ideas come to mind you want me to just rip it go go ahead um people can think that you know you're crazy all that you want but unless you actually believe it internally then no, you, you literally can't be crazy. And not only that, um, kind of, kind of piggybacking off of what you said, when you don't even think of failure as an option, right? Like it, it doesn't, because, and then, uh, um, Jeff said something, uh, Jeff Joyner was at the uh, entrepreneur Academy. Uh, this year as well. And he said something great, which was failure is not a person. Failure is only in an event. So people really get hung up on the word failure and, oh my God, oh, I, I failed. It's like, so what? We all, all right. fail. So you got to get up and learn from it. I mean, you literally have to bring it down to bare bones basics. What happened when you were three, four years old and you fell off your bicycle, you got back on it. Every time. And, and it's, it's the same way in life. Uh, I'll give you a, another good example. There's a countless number of individuals on this planet who have made extreme amounts of money and then lost it all and then regained it all back and then some. So just because they went from a whatever dollar net worth down to zero, that doesn't matter. They, they bounce back. People, people label failure as like a finished product. It's like once you arrive at that destination, life's over. You're dead. Right. Period. Like, I, I definitely and, agree. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's very like true. That's, that's the way it's presented to you, though. And, and like, you know, a lot of people, re like, I think a lot of people get hurt by those words more so when it comes from family because family says family says that, oh, I'm only saying it because I love you or right. saying it because I care. But the way I view it is, why are you telling me this? Bing, you shouldn't bingo. be telling me this. 
Because if you do care, Bingo. then you should be focusing on the positive side of things rather Bingo. than trying to discourage me. Yeah, bingo. That was a that's that was what I was going to lead into next week was criticism from like family member or in laws, and this is something that I've experienced because I walked away from that eighteen to twenty dollar an hour job in lead in quote unquote leadership, where. It was a, it was a, but it, I wasn't happy. I knew I wanted to start a business. I knew I wouldn't fail, but I dealt yeah. with in-laws that I'm glad that they were, they were telling me they're saying it out of love, but they were, they were saying that I was, it wasn't get a, they were saying, get a real job, go back to a real job. This is saturated market. It's this, it's that kids will undercut. And it's like, no, you're wrong. You're looking at it all wrong yeah. at, at the time. You have to I fuel your fire. What's that? Use it to fuel your fire. Exactly. Use exactly. it for fuel. Um, so like, because that's all it can be at the end of the day. Um, I love it now yeah. that I can look back at my father-in-law. And he, he just asked me not too long ago, and I'm not trying to dig at him, but he did it out of love, not malice. But I do look at it now. He's like, "Well, how much? Uh, you know, how how you been doing?" And it's like, "Well, the company." You know, you know, the company made about, you know, this much, this much, and I'll be hitting uh, our target goal, be about six figures next season. He's like, huh. And you, I just tell about his I, – I just told him my plan and how I'm, I'm, how I'm going to get to six figures and it's going to happen next year. And he just never yeah. even considered, like, that was even a possibility because when he, quote, unquote, mowed grass on the side, like, he thought he knew, but he it wasn't – he didn't do it as a – you know what I mean? There's a big difference between what I'm doing versus some guy, some chuck in a truck out there who just run around with their push mower. Nothing wrong with them guys, but this is a totally no, different I, process. Yeah, I, like we're we're try, we're all trying to appeal to our own market, and um, I don't know if you you've ever heard this before, but you you know look at. Uh, like look at the market that buys Ferrari or Lamborghini and then look at the market that buys a Toyota and a Honda or, Uh, you know, whatever your, your name brand is. So basically what I'm getting at is Ferrari is trying to appeal to Ferrari customers. They're not trying to appeal to Toyota customers. Yeah. That target demographic depends. Yeah, depending. I'm not saying that you can't have a guy who owns a Ferrari or a lady who owns a Ferrari and then has like a daily driver is just something that gets great gas mileage. <laughs> You're like, but what I'm getting at is is that when they're in the market to buy a vehicle, they actually want to spend a lot of money for a great product. Exactly. So, you know, if you want to compare lawn care to vehicles, like, well, what kind of service are you offering to your customers? Are you offering a luxury service, uh, a service where the company is constantly reinvesting in itself and its employees and its equipment and its quality of service and its experience for the customers? What, what are you providing and doing for your customers? Or are you simply just trying to make a vehicle sale or comparatively just mow the lawn? Yes, and that's exactly. it. Because if you're just mowing the lawn, you're going to get paid the price of a Toyota. But if you offer a luxury service, you're going to get paid the price of a Ferrari. But that's okay because Ferrari's not trying to, like I said, appeal to those other customers. Neither are we. So, you know, when it comes down to it, it's 
what what value do you have to offer like you 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 get you get paid for a number of reasons not just because of like one thing like <laughs> there's there's a more that goes into it but again that's the importance of uh just sorting through and finding the right clientele um i, I totally i totally agree so where are you going with your what, what's your next five year let's say your five-year goal what's what's your plan in the next couple of years where are you taking your business to um I, I i'm some of the things that i'm considering are things like wanting to uh get a dump insert on the truck uh, I do want to add a enclosed trailer to the fleet, and I'm kind of thinking about maybe just keeping the open trailer uh, because if I do have the urge uh, to go out and buy another truck, which I, you know, I, I'm I'm thinking that I probably will. I've, I'm thinking that I'm going to want to start expanding the business and uh, just start growing it you know what i mean one step at a time um but aside from like the equipment there's a lot more that goes into the the planning of of growing it of course it's you know like i'm i'm trying to step back and take a look at what i want the business to look like visually uh as far as how it's presented to to my customers as well as its internal operations and systems and equipment to offer more automation and uh, establishing a work atmosphere where my my team, my workers, actually enjoy working for me and are not, you know, uh, <laughs> dangling by the hook at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, no, I just mean like totally beat totally wasted back killing them legs killing oh, them, arms yeah. killing them, shoulders killing them right um and, and there's there's a so many great products on the market right now to help to help your employees and um I, I actually really quick one quick example of this because i know a lot of guys will struggle uh teaching new guys this is uh edging okay and now you know you're a, a guy who just does stick edging that's fine or if you're you, what i'm talking about is directed towards edging with a trimmer right okay uh yeah. and one of the i think bulletproof methods for throwing a trimmer in the hands of a new guy and having him lay down a perfect edge mm-hmm. is the edge of pro okay yeah I'll, yeah do you use the edge of pro then yeah See, it's literally, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna buy some this this they're in my Amazon cart right now. I'm actually I'm gonna use them this uh, next spring. Literally forty bucks to to invest forty bucks to be able to have a guy like because here's the cool thing, right? Him having that tool on the trimmer is going to do two things for you. It's going to allow you to have him put down clean work with without much effort and without much thought but here's the cool thing he's also going to get a better feel for the trimmer the longer he does it so it's kind of like in a way i I almost feel like it kind of bridges the gap for learning for them it's like you don't have to worry about them exactly you don't have to worry about them messing up the edge 
because you know that that tool is going to allow them to have the perfect edge. But after them using it for a while, they're going to have the feel and the idea of the trimmer down because of muscle memory and just using it. And then you could just give them a regular trimmer, uh, you know, six months in or whatever and say, let me see how you do throwing down a line without the edge or without the edge of pro. And I could pretty much, I, I would attest to it probably being pretty, pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, that's I, just I like cool. I like the Edge of Pro uh, like a, a yeah. lot. Like I said, I've messed up a lot, a lot of edges. I'm still not perfect with it, and I'd like to be a lot faster. So I'm I'm getting it for myself, uh, for the guy yeah. that for the guy that helps me out definitely. And you mentioned uh, it's a, a dump insert. A time oh, it yeah. it is. But you mentioned a dump insert. Have you <clears throat> have you looked into the the uh, the dump hoist that go up underneath your truck bed and it converts your truck bed into a, in a dump bed. Instead of putting a big heavy insert in, it's the hoist itself that goes up underneath and, uh, allows your whole bed, to uh, lift up. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, um, a, they're a lot cheaper I, I, and they, they work really well. It just depends on the application you're wanting to use. Yeah, I have seen them, uh, but the reason primarily for the dump insert is just for a increase, material uh, like holding and on top of that uh it's gonna work as a really good ballast for the snowplow that's true that's that's a hundred percent true too well uh um plus one of one of the one of the bottlenecks that i faced this year which i found out very quickly was something that was potentially uh uh, a um a hazard for injury was edging Mm-hmm. because at the beginning of the year, what I was doing was I was taking all of my excess sod and dirt and putting it in the bed of the truck. Right. So I got to painstakingly shovel, you know, this heavy wet dirt yeah. into the truck and then shovel it out of the truck. Yeah. And then I got to clean the truck and it was just creating so much more work for me. So being able to just get the material in the bed of the truck and just press a button and get it out is going to save save my back loads. And something that I would like to maybe do in conjunction with that uh, would be uh, getting a cartmate at some point because then I can bring the cartmate to the job, hold 10, uh, I think 10 cubic feet is the cartmate pro is what it holds, if I'm not mistaken. So I could put all of the sod and everything in there, fill it up, get it to the truck, get it in the truck, go back to the sidewalk. It, like the cleanup would go so much faster. The only bridge at that point would be just getting the material into the into the dump insert. But that's why I like the idea of a dump insert is because yeah. I can still haul a opener and closed trailer with uh, the mowers on it or something rather than bringing two trucks and two trailers to a job site that just doesn't to me that doesn't make sense with where i'm at right no i i totally understand i got a dump truck right now my uh my uh my guy's working on it right now we just changed it from a fuel injected to a carbureted um as soon as I get done with this interview right here, I'm going back to the shop and we're going to try to finish it up. So I know exactly what you're saying. It was so important to get a dump truck. Uh, just get a dump truck for the business, just for the situations you're talking about right there, man. It just saves so yeah. much. And it's, also with the cart, nice I love it. It's nice to have the capability to, 
to tow another trailer. Oh, because 100. It's, it's like two birds with one stone in, in some sense. Not You can't, you know, of course, carry the same, but, I mean, like, I, I, I don't know. For me, the only way I could honestly really, like, see justifying a, a full, full-on dump trailer is, you know, large mulch jobs, large stone jobs, large uh, cleanups, you know what I mean? But even guys like Brian have shown all of us how much you can actually get done with the tools that you have. Just be a little innovative. Right. I mean, you know, if it gets you by and it's the best that you can afford or the best that you need at the time, then that's what you do because there's no sense in dropping all of that money for, for what, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I totally, so, I totally understand. If anybody's familiar with my YouTube channel and even this podcast, they know I do, I do a lot with very, very little on, on, on my channel, whether it's, you know, taking machines, two, two different machines to make one machine. I do it all the time. On, on my channel, I get crazy, so I definitely know I, I utilize what I have. I utilize my resources yeah. for what I have, and I, and I and I see you doing the same thing. So, hey, man, we're at about 40 minutes. Uh, I would like to have you back on a show in the next couple of weeks whenever everything's super slow and just kind of chop it up and talk business and, and all that other yeah, good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. I appreciate you coming on the show, man. You, uh, Man, you're killing it out there. You're crushing it out there. Hey, everybody out there, if, uh, hit the like button. Go, go check out. Um, go check out his channel, BPM Long Care. It's on Instagram, everywhere. And I'll share some of his information on the show notes below. Uh, hit the like buttons. Hit the subscribe buttons. Hit all the buttons. Let's stroke our egos. You know how it is. <laughs> See you later, guys. Appreciate you.